Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hello, hello. You're listening to Bay Curious. This week, we've got a weather doubleheader with one of our go-to science reporters. This is Daniel Potter for Bay Curious who recorded this for us on a morning stroll with his wife, Becca. This is Becca Andrews, also a guest for Bay Curious. And their little black dog, Ruth. Pretty warm out here for a little dog that is not a barker. They ventured out to the waterfront park in Berkeley to set the scene for us about Bay Area microclimates. And it sort of overlooks the bay. You can see straight into downtown San Francisco, you can see the Golden Gate Bridge, you can see the Marin Headlands, and Richmond over yonder. Um, It's got really amazing views. In a spot like this, you can often see a bunch of different types of weather, just a few miles apart. Where we're standing, it is perfectly clear. Um, But if you look across toward San Francisco, there's sort of the, the heavy clouds that are hanging down, right? It looks like fog. Um, So I'm sure it's chillier over there. It's probably a little more overcast, which is more to my taste. The weather is different again if you're up on Mount Tam or a few miles inland toward Concord. Which brings us to this week's question asker. So my name is Scott. Uh, I live in El Cerrito currently, but I've lived in and around the Bay Area my entire life. Everywhere I go, it seems like the weather's completely different. He sent in this question, which you, our dear audience, selected in a public voting round on baycurious.org. Bay Area microclimates. Why are there so many? Where are they? How do they differ? Theme music. This is Bay Curious, the show that answers your questions about the Bay Area. We first aired this episode in July of 2020. It kicks off with microclimates and later on, heat islands. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love 
while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. So microclimates are familiar to anyone who's gone from one part of the Bay Area to another. Or even just a different zip code within San Francisco. Only to realize you should have brought a jacket or you're wearing sunglasses when you need an umbrella. Yeah, I grew up in East Bay. My mother would never let us come to San Francisco without bringing a sweater. It didn't matter how hot it was here. This is Daryl Hess. He's the author of a physical geography textbook and an instructor at City College of San Francisco. Fair to say that he wrote the book on this kind of Bay Area phenomenon? He says that's a stretch. As to why there's so much variation here, Hess lists a few factors. One is the location next to the water. San Francisco is surrounded by water on three sides, which helps keep it from getting much hotter or cooler than the ocean. The further you get from the water, the less of that benefit you enjoy. Think of a place an hour or two inland, like Livermore, where it's hot in summer and chilly in winter. As you go over each ridge in the coast ranges, as you move away from the ocean, the weather and climate becomes increasingly continental. In other words, you have less ocean influence. Hess says another factor for microclimates is the terrain, like gaps and passes in the hills. So I'm picturing a summer fog seeping through the lower elevations. Almost always it comes in first right through the Golden Gate. That's the only sea level opening in the coast ranges. And elevation causes similar disparities in terms of how much rain a place gets. Imagine a winter storm making its way east from the ocean. Mountains in its path will kind of shelter places behind them. So a system that dumps several inches of rain on the windward slope of the Santa Cruz Mountains, by the time it gets further east, San Jose gets just a fraction as much rainfall. We say San Jose's in the rain shadow. Okay, so I think we get a sense of why and how the Bay Area's microclimates can vary. Could you pin down that other question, where they are? We're really talking about a continuum in a lot of places, which makes that hard. I asked a couple experts if we could even say how many microclimates the Bay has, which turns out not to have a tidy answer. For one thing, that term, microclimate. It is a slight misnomer. This is Andrew Oliphant, a professor in the Department of Geography and Environment at SF State. His studies focus on micrometeorology. So when we talk about microclimates of the Bay Area, we're actually talking a little bit beyond the traditional scales of micro. A real microclimate might range from about half a mile down to less than a city block. But Oliphant knows what's generally meant when we toss that word around. Um, We're really talking more kind of neighborhood to neighborhood scale. Oliphant's term for that, like how in SF it's more foggy in the Richmond versus sunny in the Mission, he just calls it the local scale. So instead of lamenting microclimates, we should say, erg, local scale climate. Indeed. Doesn't quite have the same ring, does it? 
and then in the broader Bay region, the, the differences in climate between San Jose and Livermore and San Francisco and Santa Rosa, for example, is really more up into the mesoscale or regional scale of climatology. Okay, so let's shift gears to a different weather question. I did promise a weather doubleheader at the top. And another listener sent us this question. Does the urban heat island have any influence on San Francisco Bay's weather process? Why don't we start out with what an urban heat island is? So the idea here is sprawling cities with lots of asphalt and not much greenery tend to get and stay hotter on bright days as buildings and parking lots retain more heat from the sun than vegetation. Oliphant says you might not often feel it in SF, but it is there. One of my students did a study um, of the microclimate of Golden Gate Park, for example, and found that it was on average... Uh, two to four degrees cooler in Golden Gate Park than in the neighborhoods immediately surrounding it. That's degrees Celsius, so up to seven degrees Fahrenheit, Oliphant says. But the effect can be hard to appreciate here next to other more outsized influences. It's quite a small temperature difference, and and the differences caused by the the cold ocean air uh, flowing in are much greater. So it's very difficult to detect an urban heat island in a place like San Francisco. That said, I think there are other parts of the immediate Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, that that probably do have a more pronounced heat island effect. This is Daniel Swain. So I'm a climate scientist, and I actually have joint affiliations with UCLA, the National Center for Atmospheric Research, and the Nature Conservancy of California. San Francisco is relatively small, and because it's surrounded on three sides by water, the city doesn't have the type of asphalt sprawl that most exemplifies urban heat islands. But, Swain says, the effect could be more pronounced nearby. The Silicon Valley Corridor and San Jose in particular, I think, stand out, um, along with uh, parts of the East Bay, um, especially Oakland. Okay, so maybe it's easier to discern in those places. The question the listener sent us was, could it influence the weather? And that does happen in other places, right? Yes. On a summer day in Houston, Texas, Swain says sometimes a thunderstorm won't happen unless it's just hot enough. And the only place quite that hot might be an urban heat island, where suddenly this big storm pops up. That's less likely in California, but as someone who models the complex atmosphere, Swain says even small nudges can have surprising impacts. Almost anything you, you, you can do to change the initial state of the atmosphere can affect the future state of the atmosphere in, in sometimes in unpredictable ways. So I, w- I would never say never. Swain did point out one other way San Francisco's built environment can affect the weather. In a densely built place like the Financial District, the growing number of tall buildings can create wind corridors that affect weather higher up. So you have wind blowing through these these sort of these man-made canyons and tunnels in between buildings, and that that causes the air near the surface to, to, to mix a lot with the air from above the surface. That mixing has decent potential to influence the weather, at least a little bit. When I'm out walking my dog along the waterfront, looking across the bay toward the city, it might be just enough to change which way a few tendrils of fog are headed next. 
All right, Daniel Potter, thank you so much for bringing us this story. Thank you, as always, Olivia. Thanks also to Suzanne Marr for her help and to both of our question askers. Did you know the number one way that people hear about a podcast is by recommendation from a friend? I know that's how I've discovered most of my favorites. So this week, if you've been digging Bay Curious, tell a friend about us. You can use social media or just send someone a link to your favorite episode. Thanks in advance. It really means a lot to us. Today's episode was produced by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Our social video intern is Darren Tu. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. See you next week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.